0: praise the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 to God be the glory for great things he has done and greater things he will do. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord of Lord, for this glorious day, the day <clears throat> that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We give you all the praise, all the glory, all honor and adoration. Be magnified, O Lord. Be magnified, be magnified. Welcome, welcome to our Digital Sunday Fellowship. You are welcome in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Jesus conquered the world. Hallelujah, Satan, you are in trouble. The Lord reigned in my life today. Hallelujah, Jesus conquered the world. Hallelujah, Satan, you are in trouble, for the Lord reigns in my life today. What a mighty God we serve, Alleluia. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Heaven and earth adore him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, heaven and earth adore him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. Ah, heaven and earth adore Him. Angels bow before Him. What a mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore Him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. I have not adore him. Angels bow before him. What a mighty God we serve. You are the mighty God the great I am a little Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for every day that we enjoy your grace. Thank you for every day that we we'll experience your loving kindness. Thank you, Lord, because your steadfast the steadfastness of the Lord never ceases. Day are new every morning. Lord, we exalt your name because there is none like you. Blessed be God of Israel, who was and is and is to come. We give you. All the praise, all the glory, all honor and adoration. Be exalted, O Lord. Be magnified, Lord. We thank you because of your name that prevails over the affairs of man. We thank you because of your greatness that we see day by day. Thank you, Lord, for the death of your Son that has brought us life. Thank you, Lord, for all that you are to us, be magnified, O Lord. Be exalted, King of all King. Be exalted, Lord of all Lord. We give you praise, glory, honor, and adoration. Father, we ask for the life that is in your word to be revealed to us, Lord, today. And as we see the life that is in your word, our Feet be strengthened to run in accordance with your word, Lord, that your name alone be glorified. We give you praise because we will become that ultimate image, which is the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for there is none like you. We give you all the glory, honor, and adoration. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to welcome you once again into our Digital Sunday Fellowship. The Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, and cause His face to shine upon you wherever you are joining us from. This is Pray the Word Ministries, a prayer center in the heart of the community, a place where we pray the heart of the Father. And our mandate is to see to spiritual growth and life advancement. How do we go about this? It's purely looking into the Word of God, applying the Word of God, and running in the direction of the Word of God day by day, so as to become the ultimate image that God wants us to be, which is Christ Jesus. So, as we grow spiritually, our life also advances in the very direction that God wants it to be. So, you are welcome in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today, we are going into the book of Psalms, Psalm 1 to be precise. I want to call it a reminder. A reminder because the Bible says we should examine ourselves whether we are still in the faith. So, and how do we do that? It's about looking into the Word of God to remind. Remind one another to encourage Because the Word of God is full of life. The Word of God is full of power. So when we go in there, like we stand before the mirror to correct whatever it is on our face, is the same thing we do when we look into the Word of God to remind ourselves. I'm not asking you now to go and remind somebody else. I'm asking you to remind yourself. Me, I need to remind myself. So, What does the Word of God say? Let's go to the book of Psalm. We are going to be reminding ourselves in the book of Psalm. In the book of Psalm. Psalm 1. The book of Psalm, Psalm 1. When you look at the book of Psalm, it's a book that I want to say though not as a theologian, but as an individual, my opinion, that if it is the book of Psalm is the only book, you see prophetic of the Messiah, you see prophetic of the end time, you see prophetic of the beginning, and so on and so forth in the book of Psalm. If you read in depth, if you study it, in depth. All what I have mentioned, you will see it in there. You will see the law of God. You will see the mind of God. You will see how God released his son prophetically by David and some other men that put the book of Sam together. So for me, I want to say the book of Sam is a total package. And theologians made it known that it is the longest of the uh, book in the Bible because it's got hundred and something chapters. And then we have the single chapter that is the longest. We have the shortest chapter that is. So all of this is in there. So this is why I want to encourage us as Christians, as individuals, that whatever it is that we are going through, you always find a word in the book of Psalms. Always. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, whatever the problem that is overwhelming, when you pick the book of Psalms, you will see a word in season, all the time when you look at the life of Christ Jesus, he quoted from the book of Psalm, he also makes reference to the book of Psalm. The apostles they make reference to the book of Psalm. This tells us the authentic of that book. So let's start from the book of Psalm, Psalm 1, and I'm gonna read from the beginning. We are not going to do much more in there. We are going to look at maybe one or two verses, and we will build on it, establish it, and begin to run. Excuse me, begin to run with it. So let's go to the book of Psalm one. I'm trying to put it on the screen for us, people of God. Uh, Senator, good to see you. So this is the book of Psalm Psalm 1. It says blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now that word blessed can be uh, interpreted in about two or three different ways. I think the Greek will say it's about happiness, the uh, Hebrew we say it's about joy. I want to go with the Hebrew one because I believe happiness is about when something happened that makes us happy. Whatever it is that happened today and we are happy and we are dancing, if something happened to whatever it is, for example, oh, you bought a new car today and you are happy and all of a sudden tomorrow the car was involved in an accident and it is a uh, write-off. You're not going to be happy because the car is write-off. Yes, insurance might come to your aid, but at the same time, that happiness is got an issue. So, let's go with joy. So, the Word of God is saying, blessed or joyful is the man who walk not in the counsel of the ungodly? When we look at the world that we live in today, we have presidency, we have kings, we have governors, we have people in high places. And all these people in high places tend to have what we call oh, special advisor to so-so-so-so in area of so-so-so-so. So, for example, let's talk about sport. When you look at every government in all the nation, if they really want to develop their sport uh, uh, aspect of life, their youth, their this, their that, in different kind of sport, they have to look for somebody that has knowledge in the area of sport, not just in one. Like some will look for somebody in football and say, okay, you will be my special advisor in sport. But meanwhile, the person only knows about football and that's it. So you don't expect that person to flourish in all areas of sport. So we have sports special advisor to the governor or to presidency about sports. So the same way when you look at the word of God, we have counsel, godly counsel and ungodly counsel. In the world that we live in today, we have godly counsel or ungodly counsel. So the word of God started by showing us that joyful is the man. That man will, his heart will be full of joy. When that man, and please, it's not about sex now. Oh man, he's not talking about woman. It's about people of God here. So whether you are a male or a female. Praise God. So, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly? Now, our life on the face of the earth is about walking. We move from A to B, day by day. One minute you are 30, the next minute you are 35. So, we keep growing. We keep growing until we close these eyes permanently and appear before our maker, We keep walking. We keep walking. So we have a choice to walk in the counsel of the godly or the ungodly. But the word of God is making it known to you and me that blessed is the man who walks not. It's a decision that that man made. uh, I'm always going to stand with the counsel of God. It's all about the counsel of God. For People around me, for me, myself, is about the counsel of God. Let's read further. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scornful. Verse 2 now says, But is the light is in the law of the Lord. Now, let's start again from the beginning. Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. What do we term as counsel of the ungodly? Any form of counsel that is not godly. Any form of counsel that is not in accordance with the heart of the Father is ungodly counsel. How do I know this? Let's quickly run to the book of Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis so that... We will establish this together and then we are going to be done. And that's why I said this is just a reminder that we have a calling not to walk in the council of the ungodly, regardless of how tough, how bad. And when we look at the world that we live in today, uncertainty is the billboard of the world. There is nothing that is certain anymore as we are right now on the face of the earth. Westerners don't have the answer. Uh, Africans don't have the answer. The Asians don't have the answer. Uh, First world, second world, third world, whatever world it is, they do not have the answer. But blessed be God of Israel, because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, in other words, every answer that the world is looking for is hidden in Christ Jesus. So, let's go to the book of from uh, uh, Genesis chapter, where do we start? There is two Genesis there. Let's start from chapter 16. Let's start from chapter 16 and quickly look at it from the beginning. Let's start from chapter 16. So because we might want to say, yes, I'm a believer. I cannot give ungodly counsel. This is why I said earlier that we are going to remind ourselves This is a reminder. See it as a text that I've just sent you a text as a reminder that, oh, we have a meeting at so-so-so day and so-so-so time. A reminder. A reminder. What did I call it? This is a reminder to each and every one of us. To me, to you. You can also send this very word to me as a reminder. As I am the vessel right now conveying this word to you as a reminder. Let's start from the beginning. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Aga. So Sarah said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. First and foremost, that is not the mind of God. What we see here, mentioned by Mama Sarah, is not the heart of God. It's not the mind of God. People of God, are you still with me? That statement there is not the mind of God. That statement is totally wrong. The same way when Adam and Eve embraced the counsel of the devil and we know the rest of the story. And that counsel is not of God. That counsel in the Garden of Eden, as God said, you don't touch, you don't eat, you don't do this. That counsel is not of God. And at the end of the day, when they embrace that counsel, the Bible says, yes, their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. So something left. When God appeared in the Garden of uh, 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 Eden, they were in hiding. These are the set of people that the appearance of God, they jubilate. They were never hiding from the appearance of God. Because the Bible says God will come down in the cool of the day to have fellowship with Adam. So if they were fellowshipping and he wasn't hiding, then that shows there must be something that is in conformity in the life of Adam that makes God to be able to fellowship with Adam. But the minute they embrace the counsel that is not godly counsel, the rest is au revoir, hasta la vista, commenta Petu. And as we face this uncertainty on the face of the earth, I want to embrace each and every one under the sound of my voice. I want to embrace as many eyes that will see or watch this in many years to come. Never to embrace any form of counsel that is not godly. Never to embrace. I'm going to show you. Maybe by next week, some of the counsel that men and women embrace that destroy home, that destroy legacy. So, let's read further. Where are we? Sarah said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarah. Now, let's analyze that, people of God, together. Abraham heeded to the counsel of who? Counsel of the wife. Heeded to the voice of Sarah. But let's quickly go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to Genesis 15. Are we in Genesis 15? Is up there. We can read it together. Three go. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? Now, you can see that a chapter before the counsel that is ungodly, God and Abraham had a conversation. So God still gave an assurance in the life of Abraham that, look, my covenant still stand. This is the way I am going to go with you. This is what my intention is with you. This is my word over you. And when you go back to Genesis chapter 12, God has already promised Abraham that he's going to be father of many nations. And it's not just talking a uh, father of many nations spiritually. Though that statement there is a spiritual statement that he's going to be father of faith, that through Abraham, many will come to faith. But God made it known that, look, you will also have a child of your own. God made it known. And this is why we see God also confirming the same thing in the life of Father Abraham here. Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. You see, that's the the, uh, uh, discussion of children and no children between God and Abraham. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one, hear this, everybody, look at the word of God or look at the counsel of God to Abraham. So this is God counseling Abraham now. Or Abraham, well, however you want to see. it. So this word, God says, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. So in the imagination of father Abraham, Eliezer and the ones that was born in my house, are they going to be the one that will carry on with my name somehow? And God made it known that it's never going to happen. This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from you. Your own body shall be your heir. What happened in verse 5? Let's read it together. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants. So these are the ones that are officially going to come from Abraham. Verse 6, what happened after the conversation? And he believed in the Lord. So every conversation, every counsel of God that God delivered to Abraham, the Bible says Abraham believed that counsel. Abraham uphold that counsel. Abraham rely on the counsel. Abraham says, yes, this is enough for me. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to run with this. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Now God gave him an assurance again in verse 7. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of all of the Chaldean to give you this land to inherit it. Now, if Abraham is going to inherit the land, Abraham is going to die. Is already old. So these are some of the things that Abraham is fighting or sorting out with God. So God made it known that, look, you're still going to have your own children. You will have a child. You're going to give birth. Your time is not over. So when we now get to 16, the same man that uphold the counsel of God, see what happened here. Joyful is the man, according to the book of Sam, that walketh not. The Bible says Abraham believed, so in other words, Abraham began to walk in that counsel, which is the godly counsel. So all of a sudden, something happened. In we don't know how many years after. So let's not just go by chapter, but we don't know how many years. But Sarah said. Honey, you know I don't have a child. I'm old. You are old. Try my maid. Let's read further. Verse 3. Then Sarah, Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Agai, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. After Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, so he went into Agai, and she conceived and she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Now, when we look at that counsel, the first thing we see that comes out of that counsel, because it's not godly, is what? The maid conceive. The mistress is like nobody anymore. So, that's like I'm now in charge. So, it's like the mistress has taken over. A coup has happened because of what kind of a cancer, ungodly cancer. Quickly, we have 10 more seconds. We're going to stop soon. We have 10 more seconds. Let's quickly run to Genesis 21. Let's run to Genesis 21 and I want to show you something. This is the beauty of this cancer. And this is why I said to Ross that it's about... A reminder. Let's go to Genesis twenty-one, and from verse twelve, you can read it from the beginning. But let's quickly go to verse twelve, or oh, you know what? Let's start from verse nine. Don't forget, excuse me. Don't forget that Agar was pregnant in the last chapter of Genesis, chapter sixteen, and now. She She despised her boss. So, let's see what happened. From verse 8. So, the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. So, now, Isaac has now arrived here, which is official, true the source and the counsel of God. So, verse 9 And Sarah saw the son of Agar the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. So, we see the mother despising. We see the son also doing what? Scoffing. Therefore, she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's side because of his son. Ungodly counsel will never be pleasing. Blessed is the man. So a man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. So you see that you are not giving that ungodly counsel or you are not receiving ungodly counsel. This is why I am saying this is a reminder. Regardless of the uncertainty, we are called never to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And I pray for strength not to make that U-turn to walk in the counsel of the ungodly in the name of Jesus. So, when you look at this, the first counsel was try my maid. Abraham did not say this is displeasing. Now the child is going to be sent away together with the bondwoman. woman. Abraham say this is displeasing. Now let's see what happened. Verse 12. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman." woman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Now, anything God decides to do is going to be with Isaac. So God is saying, did you not listen to the voice of your wife before in terms of this counsel? Go and listen to the voice of your wife again in terms of this counsel. And this is what ungodly counsel do. It brings trouble. It might not be trouble immediately, but few months, few years, few days down the line, the trouble will keep coming and it's going to be escalating. This is one of the reasons why the Word of God is charging us that we that decided not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly have that ultimate joy. When you look at the life of David, I'm going to round up with this. When David, the man after God's own heart, according to the Bible, Bible, the word of God says, I found David my servant. If you remember vividly when David was going to be ordained as the king, Samuel getting into the house of Jesse saw the taller brother of David. He says, yes, because the first example of of the king of Israel is also tall. So now seeing another tall person, he wanted to go with that. And God says, look, you are looking at the uh, face. I look at the heart. So the heart of David is the heart that is always with the counsel of God. The heart of David is the heart that received godly counsel. But David misbehaves somehow. And we see that when godly counsel came, we see him repenting. And when he wrote that psalm, you will see that he mentioned one thing. We're going to get there along the way. He mentioned something. After saying, cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy, which is the joy that the word of God speaks about in the book of Psalm 1. Joyful is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So that joy that David experienced by not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, by not embracing the counsel of the ungodly, by not doing the counsel of the ungodly, immediately David engaged in all form of immoral acts. And even God said, look, this is not expected of you. David now began to plead that. that joy be restored back to me. People of God, I want to stop here. I want to stop here. Like I said, it's a reminder that we have never to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, never to embrace the counsel that is not godly counsel. And you will see that at the end of that scripture in verse 2, it says, Is the light is in the law of the Lord? Is the light? Is the light? is the light is in the law now when you look at what makes people delight today what gives them happiness we can talk of car there is a system the world has put in place that makes people happy one minute here and there some will say yes if i marry that babe i'm going to be happy some will say no if i can get hold of that contract if i can get hold of that building i'm going to be happy that will give me that happiness that i have been pursuing instead of Pursuing the originator of joy, which is God, and never walking the counsel of the ungodly. People of God have come to remind us, and I'm reminding myself that regardless of what it is, counsel of the ungodly is forbidden. We are not called to walk in it. We are not called to receive it. We are not called to give it. But when you look at the way we are as human, when things are not going the way we expect, we tend to embrace all sorts of counsel. Most of us, not all of us, but thank God for the grace that is in the word of God. Thank God for the life that is in the word of God. Look, when Jesus was speaking to the to the disciples about his death, Peter quickly mentioned, you are not dying. You are not dying. You are not dying. So it's about trying to change the counsel of God like it happened in the garden of Eden. And we see Jesus saying, get deep behind me, Satan. When you read further about this same Peter, after Jesus was arrested, he was in the court of the temple. All the people in that very court knew Jesus has been arrested, but they get on with their whatever. Maybe there were some of the people that even was at Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus. And somebody said, I recognize you. You are one of them. And Peter denied counsel of the ungodly, brings denier. Peter deny. Peter deny. Peter deny. But thank God for the heart of repentance. People of God, I want to stop here. I want to stop here. By next week, we're going to see the counsel of Balaam to Balak. And how the counsel caused the children of God to misbehave. We're going to see the counsel of a friend in the life of some of the uh, David's uh, children, and how that counsel destroy lives, ungodly counsel. We're going to see a man that received God's counsel from the beginning of his life and end up in the house of uh, uh, wizard witchcraft and began to eat and wine and dine, embracing the counsel. Of the same set of people that are null in the land. I pray that the grace of God will uphold you in the name of Jesus. I pray that God will strengthen you regardless of what it is that you are facing right now. Like I said earlier, in the world today we will have special advisor to this and to that. These are men and women that are meant to advise. Whoever is in power meant to give them good counsel. Like the Bible described the counsel of Haithophel. But somehow God annulled the counsel of Haithophel. He became ungodly counsel. And we know the end of Haithophel. He had to go and hang himself. So, I stand in agreement with everyone under the sound of my voice. That grace to stand and walk... In the counsel of God, regardless of how tough it is, that grace is supplied and we receive by faith in the name of Jesus. Grace to run in the counsel of God, regardless of how tough it is, that we will have the strength to embrace that grace in the name of Jesus. Not looking back, not looking sideways, but be focused, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Of our faith. In Jesus' name, we agree. Amen and amen. People of God, I want to leave you in the hands of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like I said, this is a reminder. The Bible in the book of Hebrews says, Examine one another whether you are still in the faith. This is how to examine ourselves. So look at your life. What counsel have you been embracing? What counsel have you been running with? What counsel are you also giving? If it is the ungodly counsel today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And so we stand, Lord, that your grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, will be sufficient day by day for us, for our household, in Jesus' name. As we go this week, your grace, your strength, your power will go ahead of us. In the name of Jesus, every good door shall be opened. In the name of Jesus, your purpose will stand over us. In the name of Jesus, your grace will continually speak over us. In the name of Jesus, wherever your eyes and your presence will not go with us, may our feet never take us there. In the name of Jesus, every decision that is not of God, if it remain one minute to take that decision, may it be annulled. In the name of Jesus, that your godly counsel be established and stand over us and your name be glorified. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise, glory, honor, and adoration. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. People of God, have a wonderful Sunday and a glorious week. In the name of God the Father.